stars in the sky look down where he lay the little Lord Jesus asleep on the bed thank you so much for allowing us to be here this morning for having an opportunity to celebrate what it is that, uh, that you have done. Lord, thank you for the time of year it is and for the opportunity to recognize something so significant that changed the course of human history. Lord, I pray that we would take all of that in and enjoy it, that we would understand it more completely, that we would make it part of our own story and then in turn pass that on to others. From the goodness that you give to us, I pray that we are good to others. In Jesus' name, amen. I decided a couple of weeks ago um, that I would look at a topic that I'm not very good at. Um, something that, that maybe I need to work on in my own life. And so this is somewhat of a an opportunity for me to share some things that I think I need to work on. And especially in this time of year, we're reminded of some of these things over and over from the Scriptures, but also in everyday life. And so, uh, as I was thinking about it, and, I, and the, the word joy came up, I had to ask myself how I actually process joy. And do I process joy? Do I understand what the word means and do I allow it to fill me the way that the Scriptures talk about? To be filled with joy is something that we have the opportunity to do. From the hand of God the Father through the birth of Jesus even, He expresses His joy, right? Come and see this child that will be great news and bring joy to all people, right? My question then was, do I make room for joy in my life? Do I allow there to be enough space to be filled with joy? Do I allow enough time to process the events to then understand that that's a good thing and I get to just enjoy it? That's the root of the Word, right? And I honestly find myself lacking a lot of times. Not because I'm not happy, okay? But because maybe I don't take the time, the requisite time that it takes to enjoy things sometimes. I appreciate them, but in my mind I am automatically triggered to think, that's done now what's next? Right? And it's a difficult cycle to get caught up in. And as I read through the Christmas story again, that was the one that, that hit me. And I wasn't alone in this. I've talked to some other guys and, and they have felt the same way. Um, so if you'll turn with me, we're going to start with just the basic story to remind ourselves <laughs> of what this event really was. We're going to look at Luke chapter 2. 
We're going to look at the first 20 verses total, but we're going to look at the first seven here to kind of set it up. Luke chapter 2, 1-7 through seven. In those days Caesar Augustus issued a decree that a census should be taken of the entire Roman world, and this was the first census that took place while Quirinius was governor of Syria. And everyone went to their own town to register. So Joseph went up from the town of Nazareth to Galilee, to Judea, to Bethlehem, the town of David, because he belonged to the house and the line of David. He went there to register with Mary, who was pledged to be married to him, and was expecting a child. While they were there, the time came for the baby to be born, and she gave birth to her firstborn, a son. She wrapped him in cloths, placed him in a manger, because there was no guest room available for them. Now, if you understand anything that has transpired in in recent history, you understand that we used to have an innkeeper in all good Christmas pageants, right? That there would be an inn and they would show up and there would be a no vacancy sign and that's the way that it went. And, And as we've understood the the world that Jesus was born into, we've understood more and more clearly that that He was actually probably going to end up staying with family or friends or something like that. And so, to me, this takes this story one more notch because these were not necessarily even strangers to Jesus. They may not have been known to Him, but they should have been family. They should have been distant relatives, possibly. And there was no room. There was no guest room. And what you have to understand is that this could have been a stone cave home, even underground, with with two or three rooms. And and what they used to do is they would take their sheep in sometimes on cold nights, and there was a room for them in the back of the cave home, and that then would actually produce heat through the rest of the cave as well. And so it was a dual-purposed thing. And so that's how Jesus ends up not in the main room, Not in the guest room, but maybe in the stable that was in the back of the cave home. Back where the sheep would have been. But apparently it was warm enough the sheep were outside, right? Because where were the shepherds? Makes sense, right? The point is there was not enough guest room space even for Jesus in that moment. The thing that that would bring great joy to all people didn't have enough room. Think about that. That's what started my mind thinking. (laughs) Now, they didn't all all know who was going to make it to Bethlehem, when they were going to get there. I'm not going to blame anyone. There's not a blame here. This is just an understanding of the, the way that God intended it because this is the way that the story was written. And so Jesus fulfilled prophecy after prophecy after prophecy after prophecy by being born the way He was. That was the story. But as I thought about the Christmas story and I thought about how much we know on this side of it, do I make room in my everyday life? Do I make room in the daily goings-on of my home for joy? 
Would there be enough space in my agenda, in my itinerary, (laughs) for joy? It's something that I know personally I overlook. When I asked myself that question, I felt like, wow, I'm not sure that I am. I am very good at that. I asked myself, if my mind and my life are too cluttered for joy? Are my mind and my life too cluttered for the simplicity of joy? Do I crowd it out by a task list that automatically defaults to the next box? Do I take the moments and just relish the opportunity to embrace what God has done? It's supposed to be rather spontaneous, right? We're not in control of it. Joy is a spontaneous thing a lot of times. It, doesn't, it has a build-up and a build-up and a build-up, and then there's an expression of joy. There is a filled-with-joy experience. And how long do you allow yourself to marinate or, or enjoy that time? To produce the peace and the rest then it comes, right? They are all predicated on one another. <laughs> to really enjoy what God has done allows you to be more peaceful, more loving, more restful. All the other things that we talk about in this time of year. So the first question then for you to ask yourself is, is are your mind and your life so cluttered that there's no room for joy? Do you take the time, in, and especially at this time of year, right, you... You've got so many other things to do and you've got so many other things to think about and so many places to be. Do you take time and just simply process what God has done throughout this year to get you to where you are? To allow you to to resonate with the truth of God's faithfulness for the last 12 months or more. However many years you have been alive. It seems as if they would have had plenty to go on in the way that they reacted. There was a census, right? There was family stuff going on. There there was all kinds of things surrounding them in this story and they were all crammed into one tight little spot. And yet joy was coming. (laughs) Joy was going to be there. Joy that would bring great joy to all people. Go in then to Luke chapter 2, verse 8 through 12. And the shepherds. There were shepherds living out in the fields nearby, keeping watch over their flocks at night. An angel of the Lord appeared to them, and the glory of the Lord shone around them. And they were terrified. But the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. I will bring I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Today in the town of David a savior has been born to you. He is the Messiah, the Lord. This will be a sign to you. And you will find a baby wrapped in cloths and lying in a manger. And so again we see another prophecy fulfilled. He will be wrapped in cloths, lying in a manger, and the angels are telling the shepherds, this is what you're to look for, right? This is all part of the plan. 
Not doubting that God had a plan. I'm just trying to figure out how I might react to listening to the story again. And so the shepherds have an opportunity to do that. Right? They've been told that joy is here. And you're going to find Him in a manger wrapped in cloths and He's going to be kind of out of the way. You're going to have to look for Him. I'm going to tell you what it looks like. I'm going to show you they knew of a star. They knew of these angels. They knew these different things. But you're going to have to go. You're going to have to go look for Him. To go spend some time finding joy. Great joy that will be for all people is here. Go find it. Are your mind and your life too cluttered for joy? And I find that the second question, equally as important, is my joy muted by fear? Because the angel, their first response to the shepherds, right, is don't be afraid. Don't worry. Relax. We have great news. There's going to be great joy that will be for all people. But first, don't be afraid. Because sometimes we get concerned. And this is another thing of my personality. When things are going really well, you start to think in the back of your mind, what? It can't be going that well. (laughs) Right? It's human nature. It's human nature to diminish the amount of joy in your life simply based on fear of the unknown. And the shepherds, right away, there's this amazing thing in front of them. They're in the fields and there's angels in the clouds telling them. And the first thing they have to do is say, put your fear aside. (laughs) Don't let it mute your joy. Don't let it diminish what's happening. Go find it. Are your mind and your life so cluttered that there's no room for joy? Is your fear muting your joy? Are you you being a a cautious optimist? (laughs) Right? Someone that's willing to take the next step as long as I know 75% of the information. Right? (laughs) It's a difficult balance to walk by faith. To allow room to be filled and to, to be processed through joy. To not be afraid that that God is obviously doing something. This was new. This was incredible. These these shepherds had never seen anything like that. I could see why they would be alarmed. (laughs) And yet, don't be afraid because I bring you good news that will cause great joy for all people. Go find it. Set your fear aside and enjoy it.
Don't think about what you will do next. <laughs> Don't worry about what may happen next. Allow your mind and your life to have space to process joy and pursue it. Fall into it is kind of how I imagine it. It's already prepared. We get to literally enjoy it, okay? It's like after that long day of work and you enjoy falling into your favorite chair or falling into bed, you, you have that comfort of now resting and just enjoying it. But if your mind is so cluttered, you won't have that sensation of being filled with joy. And, and if you are always worried about what can't be as good as it looks on the surface, then, then I'm going to be afraid of what's next and it will temper the joy. And, and we don't enjoy anything sooner or later. The reason I can speak with conviction is this is how I live my life. <laughs> I battle with joy sometimes. I don't embrace it. I wrestle it. Make sure that it's joy before I let it in. <laughs> right? Let me frisk you. <laughs> Make sure you don't, have, you don't have any weapons. Like, I'm afraid of joy sometimes, right? Because it's something that, that doesn't happen every day. It's something that doesn't happen even every year sometimes. That spontaneous moment when you know God has done something and you get to be a part of it. He does want you to be filled with joy. From the very beginning of Jesus' life, right? This is great news that will be great joy for all people. That's how he announced it. <laughs> Let's see how the shepherds react and why that, that I think we need to be more like them. Verses 13 to 20. Suddenly, a great company of heavenly hosts appeared with the angel, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest heaven, and on earth peace to those on whom His favor rests. When the angels had left them and gone into heaven, the shepherds said to one another, Let's go to Bethlehem and see this thing that has happened, which the Lord has told us about. So they turned off, or they hurried off, found Mary and Joseph and the baby while they, who was lying in the manger. And when they had seen Him, they spread the word concerning what had been told them about this child. And all who heard it were amazed at what the shepherds had said to them. But Mary treasured up all these things and pondered them in her heart. And the shepherds returned then, glorifying and praising God for all the things they had heard and seen, which were just as they had been told. The shepherds had one job. Watch the sheep, right? 
Isn't that what you think sometimes? What happened to the sheep while they left? I guess they were okay. The shepherds did what they were supposed to do. They reacted to what God was doing. They allowed themselves to be moved and to interpret what God was doing in that situation with joy. To say, this is something special. I get to be a part of it. And they start talking to each other, right? And, and they didn't talk each other out of it. Because we sometimes do that too, don't we? We ask our friends like, hey, what do you think about this? I'm, not, I'm a little nervous. And you all have that friend that says, well, you should be worried because if it looks good, too good to be true, it probably is. <laughs> right? Don't ask that person anymore. The shepherds were on this hillside, and God said, here's, what's gonna, here's what you're going to find, and it's going to bring great joy to all people. You need to go. And they converse here for a moment. They turn to each other, and they decide, this is something we can't keep to ourselves. We've got to go and see it for ourselves. We've got to first enjoy it. We've got to make room for it. Right? They cleared their schedule. They said, we're going to Bethlehem. They went into the city and they searched for this baby that was laying in a manger wrapped in cloth. And when they found Him, they told everyone the story that happened to them. They started the story of taking great joy to all people. You see, if no one ever knew what happened to the shepherds on the hill, how would we understand the joy that Jesus brought? So if you're not telling people about the joy that Jesus brings to you, then how will they know? If your life is so cluttered and confused with, without joy then you're never going to process it and allow yourself to give yourself to it, and you're certainly not ever going to share it with someone else. Because you're afraid of it. You're afraid of what someone might think too, possibly. The shepherds knew in this moment, this is something that is bigger than us. This is something we need to do and people need to know about. This is joy for all people for all time. They went into the city and they found Him. And then it says they returned rejoicing. <laughs> right? It didn't just stop there. They didn't see Jesus tell Mary and Joseph, man... He's a cute kid, and I'm going back to work. <laughs> they returned rejoicing. 
And I'm sure they laid on those hillsides. I've seen some of those little valleys that they have in Israel, and, and you can easily have some sheep kind of hemmed in a little bit. They're not very smart animals. Right here in front of you, and you could just lay under the stars and think, man, is it going to happen again? Where are they at? Where did they come from? Can you imagine the experience of being there again, night after night, in that moment, in that space, in that maybe physical place, remembering what God did? And we have those things in our life, don't we? We have those pieces of joy that God gives to us too. That bring joy to our heart and our families and our friends and our loved ones. We need to do a better job of embracing them and and enjoying them together. (laughs) Spending time filled with joy. Not trying to figure out the details of how it fits into my life, not being afraid of what might happen when joy ends, but just embracing where God has you right now and finding joy in where you are right now. The opportunity that He has provided for us to be His messengers to be the ones to tell others that there's this thing that brings my heart joy. And then to be about it. (laughs) You're going to have to process some of those questions and and they're not going to be answered once and done. Because life doesn't work that way. Our minds, our lives don't work that way either. As soon as you figure out some kind of rhythm to your schedule in which you can, you can enjoy life a little better, something will change. That's, that's, that's the way it works. So it's a process of continually keeping some of these things in front of you. Is my mind? Is my life? What is so cluttered that is keeping me from enjoying life. Really embracing it. What am I afraid of? (laughs) What fear do I have about joy? About expressing it with others? About just embracing it, allowing it to fill me? What's the fear? What's the hang-up? Am I willing to then tell others? (laughs) Am I willing enough to spend time just processing the joy that is in my life? Assuaging all the fear that is there about what might be next and then just include others in the process and say, listen, this is what I know to be true about what God has done for me. And I want you to enjoy it with me. (laughs) We're finishing another year here even as a church in which God has done some amazing things. I I just got a text from Josh Nipple this morning. Something like 50-some jackets were purchased and 
And there's even more that have been handed out already. There's probably going to be close to a hundred jackets that are available to be given out to children. Things that, that we've done tangibly in our community to be for the community. And those are things that we need to be thankful to God for allowing us to bring a little bit of joy to someone with what He's given to us. The way that we interpret what He does for us will affect the way in which we minister to others. And joy is a pretty critical component of that. To understand first, right, that joy comes from Him. Joy works through Him. And then in our joy, we give it back to Him. It all works that way in our lives. So process those things a little bit this week. Are my mind and my life so cluttered that I don't even process joy? Am I afraid of allowing myself to be joyful? And do I share it with others? Am I completing it? Am I, am I praising God like these shepherds when they're going back out to the hillside? They're still rejoicing. It's not like it's an event that's over and done and they're, they're going back to work. Take the time. Pull yourself away from things intentionally and process it. Allow yourselves the luxury of joy. It's here in Scripture. We should be about it. Father, thank You for Your Word. Thank You for reminders of things that that we can continually work upon and that You can continue to reveal to us through Your Word. Lord, I thank You for what You have done. I am so thankful for who You have designed this church to be. The many things that, that we try to accomplish in Your name throughout the course of a year. Lord, I pray that as we have an opportunity to have the service next weekend for the community, that, that You would bring those people whose hearts are hurting and that we may have an opportunity to help them experience what it's like to be filled with joy as they're surrounded by others that just give themselves to You in joyful worship. Lord, thank You for that opportunity. In Jesus' name, Amen.